This is After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Outlaw platform. We are here again live tonight, and my special guest co-host is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. Heather, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine, Rob. How are you? Good, good. Heather, how was your uh, 4th of July? Did you go out and watch the fireworks? Yes, I was uh, at a nice rooftop party here in Manhattan. Um, It was beautiful and Yes, as I said recently on Fox News, uh, and I will now say on After Dark, the city has changed, but it's still here. And there's yeah. still lots of great people and a lot of creativity and festivities. And it was nice. How about yours? I had a great time. I actually, I went and for the weekend, I went to D.C., but then I came back for to celebrate the 4th. Didn't get a chance to see any of the fireworks because, as you probably know, there was a lot of storms that were passing through. So I just decided to stay at home. But what I found interesting, Heather, was that a lot of the local news stations weren't even showing the fireworks. Really? And that surprised me because usually it's like a huge fanfare. I was watching, I turned on ABC, CBS, NBC, and they were all showing game shows or their usual programming. And Mm. I thought, well, maybe they'll catch it at the very end. They didn't. Now, The news programs, you know, later that night, they mentioned it. CNN and MSNBC, the cable news network, they weren't even showing the fireworks. Fox did, and I think Newsmax did. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, are are they trying to say something here? Are, Are they trying to say that it doesn't matter because you know that there is a big push to not celebrate July 4th? and to celebrate uh, Juneteenth. And my position is that why not celebrate them both? Right. I didn't know that that, you know, was connected, that there was push against celebrating July. I missed that one. Yeah, there is an undercurrent. People are saying we should not celebrate July 4th because it isn't, it's a racist holiday. Of course, the the usual, you know, lamenting from the left. Oh, we can't do it. It's a racist holiday. And it's not the real birthday of America. We should celebrate Juneteenth. And I'm like, folks, come on, let's stop. It's just amazing at how fast the country has moved toward this socialistic, communistic (laughs) uh, society within a matter of three years. And there, there there has always been an undercurrent that was there. Mm-hmm. But as of lately, it seems as if though it has just like really taken root. And so mm-hmm. many people are pushing this and the people that are pushing it, they don't, they don't realize the fact that it is because of America that they have what they have now. Mm-hmm. America granted those freedoms to them, giving them the opportunities and the liberties to mm-hmm. have the jobs and to speak out with what they're saying, mm-hmm. but they want it seem as if they'll know this country is so oppressive and is doing all these bad things. And my position is then leave. Mm-hmm. If you don't like America, no one is holding you here, leave. Right. You know, they're against the police and they hate the police and, then, you know, once this, they need the police, they're, you know, the police are everybody's daddy. I mean, it's all just talk. And the reality is that most of these people 
the hard left, et cetera, they're just, they're just screaming and carrying on. And they like to think of themselves as the, uh, what do they call themselves? The resistance, which is really a laugh because they're very spoiled and very privileged themselves. Yeah, very privileged themselves. Like I said, all the opportunities that they've been given is because of this great country, but they mm-hmm. don't want to recognize it. And they want others to feel the same way that they're feeling. And it's like this it's make, it makes absolutely no sense. So I, I was surprised at this 4th of July, the holiday, that many of the like, local networks being the uh, gosh, we're sorry about that, folks. Problems with our microphones. Uh, let's see if we can fix that. I don't know what it is. Let's see if it's my mic. I know we don't. I know you guys hear that sharp piercing in your ear. We're gonna see if we can work on it. Or uh, tech guys. But okay. I, I'm just surprised that, as I said before, we heard the loud piercing. That we people don't respect the country, recognize that this is America's birthday. We're still a young nation, and we're trying to get it right. We're working on it every day. But to just throw it all out because of a few people who have become woke and they don't like America, it's mm-hmm. a sad thing. And as I said, it, it's only started happening recently, within the past mm-hmm. few years, that this push, this undercurrent seems to be surfacing wanting people to hate the country and you know heather that being said did you hear about did you i'm sure you did because i sent it to you the ruling from the federal u.s district judge in louisiana Mm -hmm. i'm gonna mispronounce the name terry dowdy i think it is Mm -hmm. right he gave a ruling which i think was a huge victory yeah for Free speech. I'm not going to say just for conservatives, but for free speech. Mm-hmm. And if I could just read this piece that I think I saw it on uh, Fox News, it says that a U.S. District Court judge is temporarily preventing the White House officials from meeting with tech companies about social media censorship, arguing that such actions in the past were likely First Amendment violations. Mm-hmm. Now, this was brought up by two state attorney generals. One from Missouri, Andrew Barley, and then Jeff Laundry from Louisiana. This is huge mm-hmm. because we've been talking about this for quite some time, if you recall, with the onset mm-hmm. of COVID and the censorship of big tech of conservatives. So for mm-hmm. this ruling to come out now, and as many people are pointing out, it came out on Independence Day. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really huge, and it's so symbolic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for it to come yeah. back mm-hmm. and, and pretty much to tell the Biden administration, hey, what you guys are doing, you got to stop. You got to mm-hmm. stop it right now. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts on that, Heather? Well, yes, we know that uh, that there was interference on the part of uh, elements in our government with the tech companies. Very, very creepy and unacceptable. Uh and I think it's I think it's high time, of course, that this be uh, pushed back on and exposed. I mean, I guess I just feel like a lot of what's happening, though, is we have such a divided country that 
you know, the left doesn't pay attention to any of this and, and they have control of most of the media and, um, you know, obviously the presidency. And so I don't know if, I mean, we, of course the courts are, are a check on, on things and they're supposed to have certain authorities and hopefully it will, it will be, um, it will be impactful, but I just, you know, I'm looking at the story. Viewpoint discrimination is an especially egregious form of content discrimination. Dowdy argued, you're right, Rob Dowdy. And they, of course that's true. I mean, we saw mostly conservative speech essentially banned during COVID. I know you yourself were, were removed. Kicked off Twitter. Andrew and I were both kicked off Twitter yeah. because of our free speech. And as I've said so many times, I've gone back and I've looked at many of our tweets and I've mm -hmm. had other people to contact us and say, what exactly did you guys do? You never used profanity. You never attacked anyone while you were being attacked. You might have a difference of opinion. And I'm like, what exactly did we say that was so harmful and wrong? And I've mm -hmm. contacted Twitter on several occasions and I said, can you reinstate my account? They say, oh, you broke our terms and conditions. And I'm like, what terms and conditions did I break? Did what I break the term and condition that I'm just a conservative, a black conservative? But and Andrew, he's a white conservative. It's like, what did we break here? I think that the hysteria, the extreme reaction after January 6th was what triggered it, Rob. And I think, I mean, you guys were not promoting violence. You, you were encouraging conservatives to go to Washington and in a spirited way, you know, the way Trump said, you know, go make your voices heard peacefully. You know, he didn't tell anybody to go be violent either. But I think my take on it is in the aftermath of January 6th, which took a bad turn. Certainly it did. But it was like anyone who encouraged people to protest was caught up in this dragnet, including Trump himself. But there, you know, incitement is a very specific thing. It's, it's, it's saying something that you know is likely to cause someone to be violent and intentionally doing that. And that's not the same thing as saying, go, you know, make your voices heard and then, you know, do it peacefully. But somebody takes an idiotic uh, notion to start climbing the wall and, and, you know, pushing in past uh, whatever. I mean, the point is nobody, certainly you didn't tell anybody to be violent, but I think my, my guess is that because you encouraged people to go to Washington. Well, Heather, know, that I, 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 let me say this. We never once encouraged people to go to Washington, but what we did say is that if you go, should you go to Washington? Don't do anything great. Right. Don't do anything. The same yeah. way we said, when we found out that Trump was going to be indicted, we said, Trump's got this. Don't do anything that's going to get you in trouble. Now, what we did say on Jan 6, we said that it was about time that people started to stand up. We did say that. It's about time. And right. I was glad. I'm like, I'm glad to see people stand up because we're always telling other people of other countries, you need to stand up against your government. Yeah. If you feel that the I mean, look at Iran. We're saying that the citizens there should stand up. When Hus uh, Saddam Hussein was in office, we said he, they should stand up. They should rise up against the government. 
Now, we weren't telling our people to rise up, but we were saying, be heard. And conservatives, as I said to someone the other night who was ranting and screaming about January 6th, I said, no, the violence was terrible. But conservatives have the right to protest, too. We saw protests throughout most of 2020, and we heard about Correct. the importance and the glory of the American tradition of protest. Even after those protests descended into violence many times, many places all across the country, we heard that they should continue. So this is not an excuse for January 6th, which was a disaster, but the reality is can, you know, peaceful protest is what was called for. And the conservatives right. have the right to do that. And that we have the right to do it. Right. Just like got out of control and it turned into a mob, uh, you know, a, a tiny percentage acted badly. That doesn't mean that everybody who went there is uh, an insurrectionist and anyone who said conservatives should protest needs to be banned. And that, I mean, this was a, an unfair overreaction. And I think because, he was a victim of that. Uh, Right. I, I would submit that if people were saying, go there, protest, you look at the flip side, as you mentioned, during the summer of 2020, when we had elected officials saying, don't be quiet, get out in the streets, you haven't heard the last of us. Nancy Pelosi even said, I'm surprised that people aren't out in the streets protesting. Continue. Kamala Harris said, I think it, after, long after it had descended into violence in many places, she was on a talk show, I think, and she said, I think this should continue. It was the late night show with, I can't think of the guy's name. She did say that. But no one thought to say, oh, well, she's encouraging an insurrection or she's encouraging right. violence. And I don't think she said peacefully. I mean, I, I would have well, to remember be- Chris, Chris Cuomo even said, where in the Constitution does it says protest has to be peaceful? Right. Stephen Colbert. She was on the Stephen Colbert show. But Chris yeah. Cuomo said, where does it say in the Constitution? So I go back to this ruling of the judge who said, you know, this is in violation of free speech. And we know that Twitter and Facebook violated the, these speech of so many conservatives we even when what when was it when the republican when uh what's his name biden ascended to the presidency i'm not going to say he was elected ascended to the presidency and republicans started having the hearings and they called in twitter executives and they were questioning them about the censorship of conservatives and their stance on covid and how I think there was one guy who came out and said, Elvis Chang said that they had embedded FBI agents in with big tech to help them look at disinformation. Now, the, our government officials putting people in private jobs, we want you to look at disinformation. And I had long since said, this needs to be looked at. This is a violation of free speech. And there were so many people. And I have to admit, Heather, there were some on the right who were saying, oh, no, this is not a violation of free speech. A big company has a right to do this. I'm like, no, this is a violation of free speech, especially when you have the FBI going in mm-hmm. 
and giving them the names of people and saying, oh, you need to take this down. And if someone says something negative about the White House, or negative about Joe Biden, negative about his son, negative about COVID, negative about our response on COVID, you need to take that down because that's disinformation. And you had people trying to make us rethink that this wasn't a violation of free speech. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, yes, it is. And yeah. someone needs to speak up. Oh, terrible. And I remember when these attorney generals from Missouri and Louisiana were saying that we're going to file a petition with the courts. And it was quiet as it was kept. And people were, oh, well, you know, they can do it. But I think that, you know, I don't think they're moving in the right direction. But here on After Dark with Robin Andrew, we called it out because we saw through it. I'm not an attorney, but I have studied legal, legal briefings. I have looked at the Constitution. And I've listened to different scholars to what they have to say. And mm -hmm. I knew with that, I'm like, no, you cannot do it. It is wrong. Mm -hmm. So after all that, now we have a federal judge who's coming out and saying and agreeing. And as he's saying, no, you can't do it. This mm -hmm. is wrong. Now, this will be challenged. We have the Biden White House. They're already saying, oh, no, this is wrong. This judge, he's a Trump judge. So, of course, he's going to rule this way. Now they want to attack the Trump judge, whereas the judge, the uh, attorney general who's investigating Hunter Biden, they're saying, oh, well, he got it right. He's a Trump judge. You know, they want to pick and choose. And the media is complicit. The media, again, and Trump said it. And I'm not trying to attack all of everyone in the media because we're in the media. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, many of them are enemy of the people. They have lost their way. They're not curious anymore. And they're now taking sides. And this is a deliberate attempt, a deliberate attempt to help the party in power, which yes. is the Democrats. Plain and simple. We're up against a commercial break, Heather, right now. But I want you to hold that thought because we're going to pick this back up. Free speech and what it means on the other side of the break. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. 
This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. And we're back with After Dark with Robin Andrew and my special guest co-host, Heather Robinson of the New York Post. And when we went to break, we were just trying to unpack this latest story that we're hearing about this judge in Louisiana, U.S. District Judge, who just sided on the side of free speech when he came out and just exposed what we've been saying for quite some time as to how big tech has been censoring conservatives. But not only that, but that the Biden administration was part of it. And he issued a, uh, I guess, a, I want to say a warning, or he said that that the, the Biden administration and several federal agencies, including Corinne Jean-Pierre, must not have any more contact with social media companies. Now, that's huge for him to spell it out, that several agencies and the White House press secretary, because we know that they have been contacting big tech and trying to get people censored. I mean, I think I feel rather honored, Heather, to think that my name is on some list at the White House, albeit a bad list. And they're saying, oh, we, you got to make certain that you suppress him. We don't want his thought process out there. Whatever he has to say, we don't want it there. But it's just not just me. It's other people, Heather, well, that they're trying to silence. Yeah, they want everybody to be brainwashed. And Especially, you know, women and, and other, you know, minorities and gay people, because that's their coalition. That's the power brokers of the Democratic Party want all of those groups to be falling into line. And anybody who's encouraging them to think for themselves or think differently or maybe not have one party dominance is a threat to their power. A threat to their power, but what does this say about our government? Yeah. What does this say? I mean, again, this is huge. And I always say that again, trying to put emphasis on it because we've talked about it before. This is huge. It's monumental. And had the tables been turned, if it were a Republican in office, the media would be eating this up. The fact that a federal district judge has come out to say, you are violating, possibly violating free speech, and then to name several government agencies, and then the White House press secretary by name, and say that you must not have any contact with social media. Now, just think back when we, they had the social media executives on the Hill, and they were questioning them about censorship. Even before then, when Trump was in office, they had the, the then the owner of Twitter, to come before Congress. And I remember Ted Cruz asking him, do you censor conservatives? And he said, no. He said, I will ask you again, do you censor conservatives? No. Well, it's rather interesting that a tweet that I had up was taken down. And then Jim Jordan said the same thing. But this guy de de denied it. No, we don't. 
And we know that they do. We see it. We saw it. It was an everyday occurrence. And it goes back to what I was saying. You had some conservatives saying, but that's their right because it's a private company. And I kept saying, no, it is not. You cannot do that. I was saying it over and over again. If you go back and listen to some of our shows, yeah, well, I was you can't passionate about it. The behest of the government. I mean, I think if somebody, there is freedom of association. And apparently I remember writing it some places in New York that were telling people who were Trump supporters not to come, that they couldn't drink there. And I thought that surely that was illegal. And apparently it's not necessarily because it's, considered a different thing legally when it's a matter of you're allowed to tell someone I don't like you and I don't want you to be in here that that's considered the freedom of the um like the owner of the place it's a different thing if it's due to some immutable characteristic like your sex your race uh I'm not sure about religion but but I mean I think the issue with Twitter banning conservative speeches that we're hearing that the government, that elements of the government got in touch with these social media companies and pressured them. And that becomes, if I, if I'm understanding right, that's a constitutional issue because, you know, you're not allowed to ban speech. You you can, you know, you can, government can't control speech. It's like if an individual person wants to say, they can't control what you say, but they can say, I just don't like you. I don't want to have you over to my house. Or apparently they can do that with their business as well. But that's different from government inter- dictating to businesses who may and may not uh, participate based on speech. I think that. And why, and, then, and why would the government go mm-hmm. in and set up camp with Twitter, meet with Facebook executives and tell them, be on the lookout for this because there's Russia disinformation that's coming down the pipeline, hence the Hunter Biden laptop. Well, they told them it's going to be Russia disinformation. How did the government know that this was coming? Because we now know that the FBI was quite aware of the Hunter Biden laptop. They had it for some time. And folks, we got to be truthful here. We got to go all the way back to Bill Barr. When Bill Barr was in office, when Trump made him the attorney general, Bill Barr knew about the laptop. That is a reason why I question Bill Barr's integrity when it comes to the election integrity, when he claims that he went in and he looked at the concerns that people had about the irregularities with the votings. And he said, oh, there was nothing there. But if you recall, he just made one phone call and they said, no irregularities, and he took them at their word. So it begs the question, was Bill Barr being truthful? Now, as I've always said, we will give Bill Barr credit because he did put the kibosh, the shutdown on the whole Russia collusion investigation, which, and there was, he knew that there was no Russia collusion. He knew it. And that is the reason why he had John Durham to go and look into this. He knew it, but I think what he was trying to do, not only to save the integrity of the FBI and the Department of Justice, but to also save the integrity of his friend who was heading this, Bob Mueller, who was going through a bout of senility, dementia. And we saw that when he went before the Hill, and he didn't even know what was going on. Because you guys have got to remember that Bob Mueller's wife, 
and Bill Barr's wife would hold Bible classes together. So what you bet that the two women didn't talk and one said, hey, you got to talk to your husband to help him save his reputation. I mean, this is a close knit little community and we can't what you're thinking happened more than likely happened. Because now, I mean, a lot of this is being exposed drip by drip. But the problem is, Heather, is that the media, the mainstream media, will not focus on it. This is a huge story. Everything that we're seeing, hearing right now, it's huge. And in my humble opinion, and so far, I've been right because I was right about the free speech, Joe Biden should be impeached. His administration is compromised, as well as Merrick Garland and Christopher Wray. And I know some of you probably heard the other day that, I think it was Chris Christie who came out and has been defending Christopher Wray and saying, well, you know, the FBI, the FBI doesn't bring forth charges. The FBI can't do this. The FBI can't do that. It was a bunch of hogwash. I'm like, you're lying. Here we go again. Someone is lying to the American people because he has a voice, because he has a platform, because he was a governor, and he feels that I can spin this so that people will believe me. But I'm not believing any of this, and I hate to say it, but I take everything that our government says with a grain of salt until, hear me clearly, until our government is moved from D.C. We need a complete house cleaning. And I know I've said this before. It has to happen. Because the government has been compromised with some bad players who have been there for some time. And they're constantly recycling over and over again. And even if Trump should get into office, it will be the exact same thing unless, Heather, he's able to fire a lot of the civil servants. But we happen to know that they're protected. They are protected with their jobs. You can't get rid of them. Now, of course, when Trump was in office, he did manage to, I think he, an executive order that said that if you're not performing at a certain level, they can get rid of you. But I think it needs to go a step farther because there are people within our government with designs to bring the government down or with designs to keep things the way they want to keep them. This has to stop. The fact that this federal judge only now is coming out and saying this, and I have been saying it from way back when, this is what needs to happen. Someone needs to bring forth charges. Now, you know what's also interesting, equally interesting, is that I believe had this been a liberal judge, he would have said that you have no standing in this, how you've got to prove how this impacted your state. Because remember, I think it was Florida also sued Florida and Texas. I think they passed the governor's passed a law that you can sue Twitter and Facebook if you're able to show that they, I think they deplatform you without cause. Now, I don't know if that has uh, managed to take hold, but all what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that what we were saying all along was true, although they were denying it. It was true. And now it's coming to fruition, and we need the media to cover this. But will they? Of course not. You know why? Because, Heather, they are complicit. What do you say? Yeah, they're very ideological and they pump out the same just worldview to their readers and listeners and 
that's what they want to see and the rest they're in denial about. And that's why these Democrats, this party, this corrupt Democratic Party and the Biden crime family is just going about its business and the country is suffering. It's like, uh, what was the expression? Uh, Nero fiddled while Rome burned. It's like, you know, uh, Hunter and Joe play around and, you know, daughter around and get wasted while the country burns. And the country is not in good shape. And Not in good I- shape. To say it, I hate to be negative. I'm here in New York City, and of course, it's still a great city. There's a lot of good people. (coughs) Excuse me, but it's absolutely filthy. There's trash everywhere, way worse than New York typically is. There's rats on the street that are visible. There's roaches visible. There are many severely mentally ill and aggressive individuals roaming around, accosting people on the street. That's not an exaggeration. It happened to me the other day. And thankfully, this man didn't put hands on me or anything, and I'm fine. But he came up into my face screaming. I mean, this was someone with severe mental illness, clearly untreated, left to run wild on the streets, which is no favor to him either. And I'm not saying this without a heart for the mentally ill. And I'm not villainizing them. They're sick and they need help. But we're help. told that they're not. We're told that everything is okay, that New York is safe. Eric Adams is telling us New York is safe. You can ride the subway. There are no issues. Meanwhile, you have Daniel Penny, who was defending s- subway riders against a wild man, homeless man. And you know, we're yet to get the toxicology report on him. But Daniel Penny has been indicted. Meanwhile, Daniel Penny is a white man. Meanwhile, Jordan Williams, who was also accosted by a wild man, and he defended himself by stabbing the man because the man slapped him and his girlfriend. And right. he's let he's and, and rightfully so. They did right. not but indict I'm him. Mistaken, Rob. Didn't Jordan Williams? And I don't disagree with the verdict. I, I think he, you know, had but I think he may have thrown the first punch, if I'm not mistaken. No, in the in the case with Jordan Williams, who was defending his girlfriend, he was homeless, ultimately, but, but I, the homeless man apparently slapped the girlfriend first. But I think, I, and I, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but from what I read of that case, I think what happened was the homeless man was verbally abusing them and getting close to them, getting up in their faces, and I think Jordan Williams either shoved him or may have initiated the physical contact and then got more violent. And I think, I think, which, I mean, you know, the man was clearly out of control and he was insulting and he was menacing. So I don't think it was the wrong verdict either, but I'm agreeing with you that I think that probably if Jordan Williams were a white man, you know, and he had initiated the physical contact. Right. I don't think there's any way he'd have benefited. Um, right. and, and we see this, and this just goes back to the point about this, the ruling from this federal judge, that's the reason why we were bringing it up. We see this is happening, and we're saying this is wrong. Who's going to stand up? Who's going to call this out? And the system, Rob, I see the system and the Democrats and the hard left as the real 
real villains here. I think, I don't, you know, I certainly don't think it's these men who are defending themselves and their women. I don't even know that you can say the villains are these mentally ill people because they're out of their minds. The city has let them down. The, the establishment has let them down. The establishment has, uh, is allowing them to run rampant on the streets. The left is arguing the ACLU. I wrote a piece not long ago about Kendra's law, which was a law that was uh, enacted after Kendra Webdale, a 32-year-old. I remember, right. Pushed in front of a subway train back in the 90s by a mentally ill man, a lunatic. And her poor family, they did all they could to lobby for this law, which all this law does, it's actually, it's not considered a very um, muscular law, really, but it, it just does, it does um, require um, what they call um, AOT, assisted outpatient therapy. It, it, allows, it allows judges to mandate this for people who are aggressively mentally ill, who are a threat to others and or themselves, they can be held for 72 hours, okay, and given a treatment plan. That's all of this law mandates. It doesn't, it's not permanent uh, um, psychiatric incarceration or it's, it's actually a pretty mild and, and limited law. Even that law, the ACLU opposes. They don't want anyone held against their, their will for like any reason at all, unless someone's literally in the process of stabbing. It's like you have to wait until the person's literally killing a child. You know what I mean? I mean until you involuntarily you know, restrain and hold them. And even with Kendra's law, which is hardly being used, People are only held for 72 hours, which we know is not nearly long enough to affect any real change. Um, this, this whole country has let down the mentally ill. Uh, neither party has prioritized this issue. It is screaming and crying out for um, uh, some competent people to do something. It's right. the city becoming unlivable, and the, it's no favor to these people. I mean, that's the part I can't get over. I do understand it's a complicated issue because in the old days, they, the standard for involuntary commitment was a lot lower, you know, before the push for deinstitutionalization in the 70s and 80s. And you had a lot of people being involuntarily committed for life, some of whom maybe suffered depression or uh, anxiety. They weren't violent. They weren't threatening anybody. They were considered maybe a burden to their families and it was easy to put somebody away forever, which, I mean, that's not right either. But the pendulum has swung so far now that you have people who are aggressive and threatening and, and can't clearly cannot take care of themselves, can't bathe, can't get food. They're, I mean, the streets are, I would say, in a lunatic asylum, except they're not because in a lunatic <laughs> asylum, they would get treatment. I'll tell you, Rob, if I were president, I would take the hundreds of billions of dollars we are pouring into another war on the other side of the world, which we're not going to decisively win. I would take it and I would build humane mental institutions in this country. Well, Heather, I want you to hold that thought because we are going to get a commercial break. And we're going to yeah. talk about that because, again, this just – this connects to what we're saying. Someone has to stand up at some point. And we saw that this federal judge stood up and said, enough is enough. 
You're tuned in After Dark with Robin Andrew and the American Outlaw platform. Going to go away for commercial break, but come back as we continue this important conversation. Thank you. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. And we're back for the last half of After Dark with Robin Andrew and my special guest host, Heather Robinson of the New York Post. And we went to break. Again, we're trying to tie all this in as to what's happening in our society. Opened up talking about the U.S. District Judge Terry Dowdy, who came out and said that the Biden administration were possibly violating the First Amendment right. We then segued into what's happening in our countries, and we're told that what we're seeing don't believe it, which is the exact same thing that we were told when they were violating our free speech and taking it away from us. They were denying it. I mean, as I said, look at Twitter, Jack Dorsey, who went before the Hill and said, oh, we don't censor conservatives. We're not doing that at all. But they were. And then you had different executives of uh, Twitter saying the exact same thing. And then you had Mark Zuckerberg to go on the, the Rogan show and admit that the FBI had come to him to come to Facebook and said, hey, there's a lot of folks out there. There's Russia disinformation. And these are the things you need to do. But we were told it wasn't happening. Don't believe it. And Democrats pushed that. And the media pushed it and said, oh, they're crazy. That's not what's happening. Big tech is not doing that. All the while, they were exceedingly happy that big tech was doing it. And then once Twitter was bought and was sold to Elon Musk, they had a heart attack. Oh, no, he can't do that because he's going to allow Russia disinformation come on. We knew all along what was happening. We saw it. It was happening before our very eyes. As we said, we see the homeless people walking around. They're saying, oh, it's safe. Our mayor, mayor, the mayor of New York. Eric Adams, oh, there's nothing here. Ride the subway. You're not going to be harmed. Every time he says it, someone gets killed. There's a subway stabbing. Oh, crime is down. It is not down. It's up. And in every major city, but we're told, don't believe your eyes. Our major cities are being destroyed. Jobs are leaving. 
But they're saying, oh, don't believe it. And once it happens, you know what, what they'll say? All oh, those companies left because they're racist. They don't want to hire black people. No, they can't stay there if they can't make a profit. They can't stay there if they can't protect the people that are working for them. Because crime is up because of George Soros district of attorneys who refuse to prosecute crimes. But we're told that's not happening. Don't believe that. George Soros isn't doing it. But we see it. Look at Dan Krasner in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Look here yeah. in New York City at Alvin Bragg. He's going after Trump for something that Hunter Biden did do. They're saying that, oh, well, Trump, he misplaced this on his tax returns. Well, Hunter Biden put on his tax returns that prostitutes were in his employed staff. I mean, folks, you can't make this stuff up. And then we find out that there was a white substance located in the White House. No, some are saying that it was Hunter Biden. But regardless if it was Hunter Biden's or someone else, why was cocaine found in the White House? Which staffer had the cocaine? No, we will probably never know because no one is interested in finding out. The media is, it doesn't have the curiosity to push the issue. And certainly the Biden administration is going to do it. You would think that the Department of Justice We'll stop trying to hang Trump and go after this and say, hey, we've got a crisis on our hand, but they won't do it. But I will say this, Heather, it is rather interesting that this story was leaked to the press because this does this is a mark against Joe Biden. Could it be that Kamala Harris sees a opening and she's like, hey, let's get this out there. Let's put this out there. Well, I mean, maybe she's now going to play rough ball. I doubt it seriously, because I still think that the media is going to try and drag old man Biden, who has dementia or, or Alzheimer's. We have to admit, there's something wrong with him. Cognitively, there's something wrong with him. You don't have to be a doctor to say it. You don't have to be a doctor to know what's happening. But of course, they're telling us, oh, he's fine. He has all this energy. He's on fire. This is a dangerous man. We're in dangerous territory. We don't know what he's subject to do. We know how old people, when they get to that stage, if they start getting all flustered, they'll go off. How do we know this guy won't go off and start pushing buttons and detonate the nuclear coals? We don't know, but we're told it's okay. It's not okay. We're told that it's okay the same way we were told that they weren't considered uh, censoring conservatives. The same way we were told that, oh, the White House are not doing anything, Big Tech is not doing anything, only to find out that they were doing it. Who's going to wake up and call this out before it's too late? Who's going to do it? They certainly don't want Trump there to do it. They want to stop him because they're afraid that he will do it. Go ahead, Heather. We need a hero. We need a hero. The city had Rudy Giuliani, you know, he rose up and, and turned this town around and everybody knows it despite his being maligned and ridiculed. And I think that's why the left loves to ridicule him so much, because deep down they know he was a great leader. And it's they have to demonize him. They do. They, and they're trying to humiliate him. It's so ugly. It's so, you know, I, I was out the other night and I was talking with someone who wasn't a bad person, but they got all worked up and started smiling, talking about, putting Trump in a jail cell. And I thought to myself, this is what animates them. It's, it's, it's just a hatred. It's an irrational thing. It's Orwellian. It's like this. And I know we talk a lot about Trump ourselves. I do. And maybe, you know, in the other direction, but 
first of all, he's not the only thing we talk about. But second of all, we, we talk about not just his persona, but his policies and, and what he did achieve. I mean, this is just an orgy of mindless hate. Uh, you know, it, it seems like great leaders who have done something, I mean, unquestionably Giuliani turned around the town, even, even you know, liberals can't deny it, that what he did. And I'm not saying he was perfect. And listen, I, I, you know, maybe there were a few things, nobody's going to get at everything perfect. And maybe there were some excesses or things that were harder for some people. But I certainly firmly believe, Rob, that for the vast majority of New Yorkers of all colors, backgrounds, income levels, I mean, there, there was better, safer conditions. There were fewer children dying in the crossfire in the inner cities. There were fewer people roaming in a state of utter madness on the streets. There was lower unemployment. There was a, a cleaner, more healthy, family-friendly atmosphere that did trickle down. I mean, this city was safe for tourists. It was safe for families. I'll tell you, I mean, I don't know how I see people pushing baby carriages on the street here. I don't know how they do it. My heart would be in my throat. I mean, I'm not trying to exaggerate because I've had a good time here, but there is no question. You have to have eyes in the back of your head. I mean, you have to be alert. It's not the New York of the 90s or the early 2000s or even the 2010s. It is back to the 70s here at best. And I, you know, I mean, it's one thing for me as an adult single person, don't get me wrong, I value my life and I'm not trying to be, you know, say I'm so brave, but I figure one and whatever, something happens, it happens, it's been a good run. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't imagine having a precious child, you know, I don't know how these families do it. I don't know how they do it in these neighborhoods that are besieged by, you know, gangs. I don't know how even in other neighborhoods, just walking down the street. I mean, I feel for these parents, you know, I think there's a certain amount of denial. I mean, people just tell themselves it's safe, these hardcore New Yorkers, and they just keep going. I mean, I see the elderly, I see people with disabilities and God bless them, you know, and I may they stay safe. But, you, you know, like I said, you just see, you, you see a lot of ranting people who are aggressive. You know, you, you, you have bikers whizzing down, nearly, nearly knocking into people, including old people. There's just very little sense of order, um, of law, of, of respect. And it's, it's just a shame, you know, to see Giuliani's legacy, his great legacy, undone like this by a bunch of foolish, stubborn, ideologically blind and, and fanatical fools. Because they don't care. And as you said, they want to malign him. They want to damage him. Whereas with Joe Biden, they will tell us that he's the latest, he's the greatest, and look at what he's doing. And he, he isn't doing anything but bringing us down. But this is what they want us to think. And this is a reason why we have to stand up and speak out. The same way these attorney generals, they were standing up and they were speaking out. And it just goes back to when you think about the election of 2020, when the attorney general of Texas, Paxton, he spoke out and filed a petition in Pennsylvania and said, hey, there's something wrong with the electors there. 
But the judge came back and said, oh, you don't have a standing. And that was the case in so many instances when these attorney generals spoke up, the judges slapped it down and said, you don't have a standing. And people don't understand what that means when they said you don't have a standing. They're saying, oh, no, the judge slapped it down. No, the, not necessarily saying that what happened with the judge, what that person is saying isn't true. He was just saying that in this particular state, you've got to prove that this impacted you, your state. And we don't see that. That goes back to why didn't the Republican Party in Pennsylvania and these other states raise the issue and say, we want to question the election also because they have a standing, but they didn't do it. They sat back and rolled over and wanted us to believe that what we were seeing was the right thing, when in essence, we know that it wasn't the right thing. And now we see that is a case with this judge coming out and saying, no, hold on, Mr. Biden. What you guys were doing was wrong, but we always knew it. We saw it. We called it out. When we did one of our Facebook shows, Heather, I don't know if you recall, we spoke about it. We said that you just can't go around censoring people. It's not right. Remember Section 230, which is given Facebook and Twitter, they were protected under that. They were acting as if though they were a utility company. It's like, oh, we're immune from all this. This is not us. We don't have anything to do with it. But you were censoring people, relying on their protection, saying that, oh, we're just a conduit and we just let information go through. But you weren't doing that. You were actually actually actively censoring individuals, censoring their free speech, looking at what they were saying. And if the Biden administration came in and told you we don't like it, you said, OK, we will take it down because it's Russia disinformation. Look at how they've demonized Russia. I'm not saying by no means that Russia is this great country. But, but the way easy, they have demonized it. It's an easy target anytime they want to rile people up and manipulate people. I think a lot of it maybe, you know, has to do with the Cold War and all the movies that people saw growing up, seriously, like that were the big, bad Russian, you know, with Rocky and Drago. And, you know, I think there were a lot of, um, there was a lot of pop culture about the Cold War that, that caricatured the Russians. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying everybody who's a Russian, is so great at every leader. So, But I do think that it's, you know, there's a prejudice. There's definitely an anti-Russian prejudice that can be tapped and drawn upon to push things, whether it's the Ukraine-Russia war, um, whether it's hatred of Trump and trying to get Trump out. They're a convenient scapegoat, I think, which isn't to say that Putin's not a thug and whatever. Um, but I do think that that's, that's uh, an easy button to push with a lot of Americans. And Americans don't really know a lot about Russia, about recent history, certainly not long-term history. But we don't, most, I mean, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I know a little bit about what's been going on there between Russia and Ukraine. There have been a lot of mutual atrocities. There's been a war going on since 2014. Um, there are people there who side with Russia and people who side with Ukraine. It's, it's a more complicated situation than what's been presented to us. I think Americans have been fed this red meat anti-Russia narrative and not allowed to consider anything, any Russian perspective. 
Well, as you said, it's an easy target, and that is a reason why they bring it up. We're coming up on the close of the show, and I just got to go back to that this was a great ruling by district judge. I would encourage all of you to go and read. I think it's 150 pages what he said because it was very clear and concise. And the fact that he named names within this administration, that Joe Biden's administration, the presidency, and seven government agencies, and what is her name? Corrine Jean-Pierre, they must not have any contact with the social media outfit. I mean, that's huge to name them and say, you must not, you cannot. I would encourage you all to read it because we see right now the mainstream media is going to try to hide this. They're going to try to hide behind it and say, oh, don't believe what you're hearing. It's just not true. No, don't, don't, don't listen to it. But it is true. And we have to be aware and we have to stay aware and we have to continue to stand up and speak out. You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the American Outlaw platform. Thank you for tuning in. God bless. And as Andrew would always say, stand for something or fall for nothing.